ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له First and foremost we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator of the heavens and the earth the one that has chosen and blessed us to be of the nation of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all prayers and blessings are upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the seal of the prophets and the messengers first and foremost we'd like to thank the brothers here at Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah Riversby for them accommodating me tonight and for Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah Australia for allowing us to insha'Allah uh, give a reminder in their masajid that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has entrusted them with so that they deliver the teachings of the sunnah according to the teachings and the understandings of the salaf of this ummah. The lecture series that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks here in Australia is about not only Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but rather those prophets and messengers that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen to be of Ulul Azm, the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the glorious Quran, that He has favored some, He has favored some of the prophets and messengers over others. And we're going to be mentioning some points regarding this because the debate amongst the scholars, both a long time ago and today, is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he has favored some of the prophets, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to us, do not favor one prophet over the other. So how do we then bring the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bring them together and marry them in an understanding that befits a Muslim. Because we know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam only speaks of what he is commanded of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to speak. So we say, as several of the ulama have mentioned, including the modern day ulama of Ishankiti, and other ulama that have written narrations concerning this little debate, is that yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored one over the other. He has favored some that he has spoken to, like Musa. And he has favored some that they are the first, like Adam. And he has favored some like Isa. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them all. But when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, do not favor one over the other, the ulama said, meaning do not allow your belief and favoritism towards one of the prophets to lead you into a debate that will bring enmity amongst the believers. Where did this come about? In a narration where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sitting once with his companions and one of the sahaba came and said, Ya Rasulullah, this and this occurred. What happened? There was an argument between this Muslim and a Jewish man. And so this Muslim, he said, by the one that has sent and chosen Muhammad, so-and-so. And then the Jew replied, 
by the one that has sent and chosen Moses. And then debated the continue. And then this caused enmity to the extent where the Muslim became angry and he struck the, the Jewish man. When news came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, do not favor one prophet over the other. And there are other narrations to this meaning. So the ulama said, yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored. And he is the one that favors. He is the one that has chosen. As he mentioned in the Quran, he is the one that creates and chooses. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this earth. And of this earth, he has chosen places to be blessed. So we know Mecca is blessed. And Medina is blessed. And Jerusalem is blessed. And Asham is blessed. And the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are blessed. And of these blessing place, blessed places, he has also chosen men. So he has created men. And he has chosen men from amongst these men to be prophets and messengers of Allah. And why do we mention this? This is an actual belief, creed, that every single one of us, including our sisters, and something for our sisters to really think about, is that when we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that chosen, that means we are not allowed to argue. And we are not allowed to say if and but. Because the question that some will debate amongst themselves in circles of the shaitan, they will say, why didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send any female as a messenger or prophet? But when I understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that chooses, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of those who choose, then I understand that I should say, that I believe, and I follow. The same way, when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was making dua, he was making dua for Bilad al-Sham. Oh Allah, give blessings to Bilad al-Sham. Oh Allah, give blessings to Bilad al-Sham. And one of the companions said, Oh Rasulullah, what about Yemen? He said, Oh Allah, give blessings to Bilad al-Sham. Ya Rasulullah, what about Yemen? He says, Oh Allah, give blessings to Bilad al-Sham. He said, what about Yemen? He said, and Yemen. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam chosen amongst men, to be the final messenger of God. And amongst the angels, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen. And amongst the months, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen Ramadan. And amongst the days, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen Friday. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He creates and He chooses. And so when we're moving forward in discussing the prophets and the messengers, we need to understand that every single prophet and every single messenger, the ones that we know and the ones that we don't know, the ones that we know of and the thousands that we do not know of. We believe in them. This is creed. This is aqeedah. We believe in them. Even though we do not know the details. And we love them because this is creed. And from the love of these prophets and messengers is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so when we look at everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen, we love it. And we accept it. And this, according to the scholars, is just another lesson for ourselves to make our lives easier. Because when, when we say to you, you need to love Muhammad it's, it's simple to say it. When we say 
you need to love Musa, we need, we need to love uh, uh, Gabriel, we need to love, you, it's easy. You need to love Mecca, you need to love Medina, it's easy. But the same way that this is from Allah, then also your sustenance is from Allah. Then you need to accept that and love that. Your body, your, the way you look is from Allah. You need to accept that and love that. This is chosen for you. This is chosen for you. And that is why it is the very famous saying of the, the Sahaba and the Salaf and those who came after them that what is chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more beloved to me than what I would have chosen for myself. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for me is more beloved. And when I understand this, and I understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one that chooses, then it gives me absolute no right to discuss, to debate, or to then innovate in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses. An example, we know that Bilad al-Sham, it is mentioned by the ulama of what countries they are. We can't add to Bilad al-Sham. Mecca is Mecca. We can't add to Mecca and say, let's add a bit of the streets of this part or that part or go into the next area. You can't choose. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen all of the prophets and messengers and has said to you that the seal of the prophets and messengers is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then I'm not allowed to say that there will be a prophet or a messenger after them. I accept. And I have this ridan. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because this is the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That for you, O Muhammad, to be of the Ulul Azam, you need to not only have patience and piety, but you need to have uh, perseverance. To be of the Ulul Azam. Perseverance? Yes. Because, O Muhammad, what is going to come to you needs perseverance, needs sabr, patience. And you need this through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His religion to be able to move forward. And then when we look at the lives, inshallah, through these upcoming days of the Ulul Azam, you'll understand why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not only chosen them but elevated their status, their status. And we know then why after all of this, why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not only the seal of the prophets, but he is the most loved and he is the highest of the levels and he is the seal of the messengers as well. So the superiority of the prophets is known the same way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it uh, a sign of faith to love them and to believe in them like everything else that he has told us concerning him, his angels, his books. As we are moving forward in this discussion and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen, we start to look at the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we know that for him to be, there was a chain of... Uh, a lineage which is a blessed lineage that had to come. And that is why Ibrahim alayhi salam in Islam is of a, of a high status. Because from Ibrahim alayhi salam comes Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And every single day we send prayers and blessings upon not only Ibrahim but the offsprings of Ibrahim 
and not only of Muhammad but not only his offspring as well, but also the followers of Muhammad as the ulama said, the al of Muhammad and the al of Ibrahim are all those who believed in them and then following their traditions. My brothers and my sisters, today being an introduction and then moving closer and closer to discussing things of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we need to understand also that this choosing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the prophets and for the messengers, it doesn't just stop there. Because as a Muslim, and especially of those of Ahl Sunnah, and those who are of Ahl Sunnah, we understand the position of the Salaf in our life. And the highest level uh, of the Salaf that we follow is Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And we need to understand that the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as the prophets and the messengers were chosen, the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam were also chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the reason why we are mentioning this is that we need to understand and he has to be a part of our creed, our aqeedah, that the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam were chosen by Allah to be with him, to safeguard him, to protect him, to fight with him, to safeguard his honor, to save and, and protect his life and his blood, and then to carry on the message of Islam. And that is why when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, after the prophets and the messengers, the sun has never risen or set on anyone better than Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Now for us of Ahlul Sunnah, this hadith means a great deal to us. Because through, through Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, and then those who came after him, and those who were with him, brought us the religion that we have today. Brought us the understanding of Ahlul Sunnah that we have today. And this claim is not an empty claim. Rather this claim is a claim that we make with all of the ahadith, all of the narrations of Muhammad before us, and all of the teachings of the Salaf before us. Knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He chooses, and knowing that this is part of our creed that He chooses, this then allows us to move forward in teaching Islam to others. Because I hear many times that when we sit with those of the Jewish or the Christian faith, we try... We try to bring the similarities to a stage where some of us even uh, will water down a part of the Islam just so that we can show that Jesus is and uh, a part of our uh, creed and doctrine. Rather for us as Muslims, Isa alayhi salam, Isa the son of Mary, is not like the Christians believe. It is a completely different Isa ibn Maryam. For the Isa ibn Maryam that they have is a God, a deity, a Lord, the Son of Lord. But for us, he's Ulul Azim. He's a prophet. He's a messenger chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is not Allah. So when we sit with anyone debating, this has to be clear. This is not. A discussion point where we say, look, we agree with Jesus. We don't. We don't agree with the positioning of Jesus. 
We believe in a Jesus different to yours. So that has to be clear because many will skip the whole part of Isa to move on to other parts of faith or other parts of the religion to discuss with the Christian to bring them forward. Making sure that they understand that Jesus is a prophet and messenger of Allah is more important than talking about any of the fuq matters or that the prayers are similar or that the fasting is similar. And this is why when we're discussing these points, we're not talking about just history and we're not talking about a biography and we're not talking about information for us to then say to our children as part of a story time uh, lesson. No, this is aqeedah, this is your creed. This is what you'll be facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with. Ibn al-Qayyim, he said that he does not fear that the Muslim ummah will become Christians. But rather he is fearing that the Muslims will then accept the Christian belief and doctrine. And this is mentioned when he's talking about the festivities of the Christians. And the festivities of the Jews and of the Persians. See we don't fear that our brothers and our sisters become a Jewish person or a, or a Christian or a Buddhist or a Hindu. But rather they might get to a stage where they accept it. And this is dangerous. It's a dangerous path to tread that when we sit down with the Jews or with the Christians and we say to them, we accept your belief in Jesus. All you're missing now is to believe in Muhammad and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is incorrect. You need to disbelieve in your belief that Jesus is God. Because this creed that we have, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created and chosen Isa as the son of Mary with a special birth and a special beginning and a special end that will come. This is what we need to believe. And so when we're talking about Ulul Azam one by one, we are trying to put forward the creed of Ahlul Sunnah, the creed of Islam. And that is why if you look at all of the companions, their discussions with the Christians were not about that we agree with Jesus, let's move on. Rather, rectify your belief in Jesus, then we'll move on. Rectify your belief in Jesus, then we will move on. And this rectifying of your belief will only elevate the status of Jesus in your eyes rather than what you think that it belittles him because it takes him from a deity down to a person. No. Because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask Jesus, Yawmul Qiyamah, O Jesus, O Isa, did you tell your followers to worship you and your mother other than me? And the reply will be, No, Ya Allah. That's not what I said. And you know if that I have said that, uh, what I have said. But I didn't say that. So if you want to elevate the status of Jesus and you want to elevate the status of Isa ibn Maryam, we need to rectify that belief in the Christians. So this is why we're learning the Ulul Azab. It's not about who are they. It's not a quiz at the end to say which five are they. Are there more than five? Is there a discussion amongst the ulama about this? Is there a certain number or isn't it a certain number? We're not talking about this. 
We're talking about your aqeedah. That's what you're going to take to your grave. And yes, we do not want to fall into the trap of elevating Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as rightfully we should, but at the same time belittling other, other prophets. No. We elevate the status of Muhammad as instructed by Allah and Muhammad We elevate his status to a status that is befitting of him. Befitting of him. A man that was given birth to by a female the same way that every single one of us was given birth to. But the difference is between the heavens and the earth. The difference is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen him to carry this message and this burden upon his shoulders to carry Islam and the Quran and bring it forward to mankind and to jinn. And yes, we elevate his status, but we also elevate the status of the other prophets and messengers to a stage where it is befitting to Allah and his messenger. Yes, Muhammad is at a higher status, and there are many proof. Many proof in the hadith. But we only take one. And one is sufficient. When we want to lead a salah, who do we choose? We choose the best of men. And that is why amongst all the fuqaha, the person who leads the salah needs to be the best. The most God-fearing. The one that has memorized the Quran the most. The one that knows the sunnah the most. The one that follows the sunnah. And so when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was taken from Mecca to Jerusalem and he led the salah of, with all the prophets and messengers, this in itself is enough proof that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has elevated the status of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And there are hundreds, literally hundreds, if not thousands of proof that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is at another level. But yet, we need to be very cautious. And there is a, a very thin line. But that thin line will take you from shirk and tawheed. There is a very thin line that we need to draw between elevating Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to a status that is not befitting of him. And is that possible? Yes, it is. Because he himself said to you, Do not treat me like the Christians treated Isa ibn Maryam. Do not elevate my status like the Christians elevated the status of Jesus, the son of Mary. But rather I am a servant of a God uh, and his messenger. I'm rather a servant of Allah and his messenger. And so yes, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We will sacrifice our families, our lives, our wealth for him. And yes, we will give everything that is in our power and our might as an ummah to safeguard his name and his honor. But we do so as taught and instructed by him and by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I do not want to I'm not sure even how long I've been speaking. The introduction is that what it is as an introduction. But I wanted to just uh, point out a few things before we, we move on. Uh, Jamal, how long has it been?
I think 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I think about that. I wanted to note just uh, a few things concerning recent happenings around the world. We have the burning of a Quran and we have a death of a 16-17 year old Muslim. Two things that occurred at almost the, the same time in the world. And when we saw this, of course our heart goes out to the families uh, of those who were affected when the 17-year-old Muslim brother was killed by the police. And we know what's happening over there. And then we saw uh, this person, this individual, who he him thought in his action he's going to do something to dishonor the Qur'an. Uh, and if he knew anything of the Qur'an, he would know that this will never, never, and no one can, and no one was born or given birth to that ever would or ever could bring any kind of dishonor not only to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but even the paper that it is written on, they can't bring dishonor to it. This is the book of Allah. These are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But yet, what is the position of the Muslims when we see this? I know some brothers, the first reaction is, why don't they do one, two, three, four, five? Bringing harm to that person, bringing harm to that country, bringing harm. This is a natural reaction. I'm not going to say anything. It's a natural reaction. You're upset. But as a Muslim nation, is this the first time that somebody attempted this? No. Is it going to be the last? Sadly, no. Can you change it? You can't change their action. You can't. Do we control their actions? We can't. But what, we, what do we control? We control our actions. We control our communities, our masajid. What these people do not understand that Islam, the more you fight it, the stronger it gets. The more you try to drown it, uh, wherever you are in the world, the more strength it gets. And the more followers, I'm not sure if I'm the only one. But this year has been a special year for reverts. How many brothers do we know that have entered the fold of Islam? How many sisters have entered the fold of Islam only in the last few months? Go visit the Facebook and Instagram pages of just some of the masajid here in Australia. I'm not talking to you about worldwide. They're coming in droves. And so how do we combat what, what this evil person is doing? And you might think it's simplistic. But this is the answer, is that you need to teach your children about the Qur'an and its place in the hearts of the believers. You need to let them understand that this Qur'an is our pathway to Jannah, our pathway to success in this world and the hereafter. See Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we're going to mention this in the next lesson inshallah. One of the gifts that allowed Muhammad to be one of the chosen prophets was the Qur'an. No other prophet was given the gift of the Qur'an. And by default, that honor was passed on to us, the ummah of Muhammad By default, we are holding in our hearts, on our tongues, on our shelves, 
We are holding the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the words of Allah. This is what burns them. This is what absolute burns them. Not only will they be burning in this dunya of rage, because when they see the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu children as young as five, people as old as 70 and 80 years old, memorizing the Qur'an, just for the sheer love of it. Just because Muhammad gave it to us, gifted it to us. And so as a Muslim, even doesn't matter how simplistic it might look, or you might think that this is weakness. Yani we as a Muslim should be strong and powerful. Yes. If it was in our means. No one here lives in Sweden. Or in Switzerland, wherever it was. We don't live there. And it happened in Germany, and it happened in Holland, and it happened. We don't live there. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never test us all this ummah to it ever happening in Australia. But what we do have and what we do control is our children. You teaching your children, boys and girls, and teaching yourselves and your wives and your fathers and your mothers, teaching your community. What this Qur'an is to us, no one can harm it. No one can harm you. Through the Qur'an, yes, it brings ease. It brings comfort. It heals. This is the Qur'an. This is the Qur'an that we have. It is your honor. It is your honor. You safeguard it more than you safeguard your wife and your children. It is your dunya. And your akhirah. It is your dunya, your life in this world. And it is your hereafter. It is the Quran. And the respect that you have in this world. And the honor you will have in the hereafter. Is measured by how much of the Quran you hold. And implement. And love. This is what we're talking about. And so yes, I wanted to touch on this. Because we feel that some of the brothers feel that what happened uh, is not sufficient. We needed to have something else happen to this person. The resources of the ummah are being used in futile wars. We need to focus on the da'wah. Amongst ourselves. Coming to the houses of Allah. Gatherings like this. Speaking to the mashayikh. You are blessed. You are blessed. You have mashayikh amongst you. You have talabat ilm, students of knowledge, strong students of knowledge amongst you. A phone call away is a sheikh. It was only a few years ago that if your name was Abdullah, you would be imprisoned. Go ask our brothers and our sisters in Bosnia. Go ask our brothers and our sisters in Russia or any of the, the, the Russian or the Soviet uh, Republic Countries that have broken off Russia now. Ask them a few years ago. What did they do with their Iman? We were speaking to one of the, the brothers from uh, Dagestan. When the Russians were taken, the, the Soviet were running the country. You are not allowed to read the Quran or teach the Quran. You will be imprisoned or killed. So Alhamdulillah, when all of this was toppled, some of the community took one of the mashayikh uh, who had been visiting them. 
And they visited a graveyard and they dug up a grave and from it a box and inside the box was the Masahif, the Quran. They couldn't even allow them to show the Quran. And yet here we have Qurans on the shelves and nobody touches them. My brothers and my sisters, learning about the Ulul Azam, it teaches us to have the Azam. Learning about the prophets and the messengers that have this zeal and passion should allow you to have that zeal and passion. Because Islam got to you through the work of those before you. Now look at yourself and see how is Islam going to get to those after you. Because it is the worst thing that you could ever do to allow Islam to be betrayed through you. To be weakened through you. To be ridiculed through you. But rather, you need to play an active role. Not a passive role, active role. In propagating this deen. Sheikh, I don't know. I'm not educated. But don't you know trustworthy mashayikh? Can't you just copy and paste their works and put them all over the, the internet? Make little brochures, giving them out? Send little clips instead of sending uh, comical uh, posts on WhatsApp and on TikTok. Send beneficial lessons. Aren't you able to do that? Yes, you are. Don't allow Islam to be attacked through you. And allow yourselves to be one of the bearers of arms on the fortress of Islam. That doesn't allow the enemies to come forward. These are the beginnings of our lessons, inshallah, for the next few days. So insha'Allah, I hope to see you in other marakas of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Tomorrow we'll be in Auburn, in Bukhari House, ASWJ Auburn, insha'Allah, uh, to continue on with this topic tonight. And we're going to be talking about Muhammad Sallallahu in particular and in a bit more detail of why he is the Prophet that is chosen by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock tomorrow, insha'Allah, at Bukhari House. Barakallahu feekum, jazakumullah khair. I apologize. Would have loved to go uh, a little bit longer, but uh, the brain's starting to shut down after almost 20 hours of travel. It gets to you, alhamdulillah. So, inshallah, we'll see you all tomorrow. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.